because you get to travel around the state. You see all these places changing and growing and, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's kind of the – yeah, I mean, it only lasts about 15 minutes yeah. usually. I'll get it started. Well, he mm-hmm. – uh, he can talk on one thing for mm-hmm. 20. <laughs> no, we don't want you to be funny. Do not be funny. <laughs> okay, no fun. Okay. Uh, was the last just one you kidding. Did. You just did one with somebody, didn't you? Not too long ago. I, I, yeah, probably so. <laughs> you know, I don't remember anymore. I just talk, you know. But now, Somebody not, said they heard you on one and you were hilarious. Oh, uh, well, I'm so glad. Well, also, now, are you going to answer questions about law? Hmm. Law. No, law. this ain't about law. law. This ain't about no. me. Oh, I thought it was about you. This ain't about you me. You should interview oh, Ben. This is, the, this is about the Bill Gallagher. See, I thought this is about Ben Thomas, law extraordinaire. No, don't turn the tables on me, Bill. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, I'll get it started. Ben usually asks questions, and I just keep Ben on track. So, You're listening to the Welcome Home Lake Norman podcast, where we bring in local celebrities and discuss hot topics in the Lake Norman area and get to know a little bit more about these people that we've come to love. to the Welcome Home Lake Norman podcast. Today we have Bill Gallagher, who recently sold Superior School. No, that's been a that while That is correct. That is correct. In December 2015, we closed on the school in McKissick, out of Warren, Pennsylvania, part of the Cleaver Group, purchased Superior School Real Estate and Bill Gallagher. He, they purchased you. I'm part of the purchase. I'm a part of the purchase agreement. I have an employment contract, and it's all good. It's all great and fabulous, and I love education. Well, I would love to learn how you did that, and Ben, I would like to be sold. Oh, I, yeah. I, Look, let me tell you something. I got probably— Well, you don't know, you don't know Bill like <laughs> some of the rest of us know Bill. Bill is well-known. He's famous among all the realtors in the state and probably outside this state been teaching how long you been teaching now really and truly i have been teaching officially since 1998 full-time and before that i was a broker in charge for merrill lynch realty prudential for 10 years and before that was an agent for five or six years hauling and hoping driving and showing sitting and wishing praying and pitching listening and selling so i graduated from wake forest in 83 in three years went right into real estate right out of college when the rates were 20 and 19%. Oh, yeah, and I remember it well. Uh, you it, mean we graduated undergrad about the same time? I think I graduated in three, yeah. And I, well, he gradu- did you miss the part well, where he said he graduated in, in three years? I was in undergrad probably a lot longer than you were, <laughs> uh, but I was 81. So. Yeah, yeah, man, that's... Uh, wow. so it was all great, but I'll say, yeah. you can't train unless you have been a manager or broken charge. You can't be a broken charge or manager unless you've actually listed and sold in the field yeah. so it's like a career in real estate is kind of like step up the stair steps staircase mm-hmm. you start with the basics listing mm-hmm. and selling hauling and hoping driving and showing sitting and wishing praying and pitching and then you move up to management like assistant manager broker mm-hmm. in charge and then then you go into training but guess what somebody's got to open the door somebody's got to have a little voice in your mind that says i think you would be a good broker in charge why don't you get your broker in charge status so if an opportunity opens up for you to maybe be an assistant manager or broker in charge or a trainer you already have the qualification designation so you can just step on up mm-hmm. and that's what happened so you were ready when the opportunity rose huh? and ready you know, to go it goes back to listen to people around you who have basically gone that path before and mm. ask those experienced people what's your opinion 
if you were me, what would you do? If you were me, how would you approach this career? Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. The words of wisdom that I receive have been unbelievably fabulous. So my advice to individuals is when you are maybe graduating from college or high school, you want to start a new career, mm-hmm. ask some people who are in that career, hey, you know, how would you do this today? What would you do differently? How would you build your career? And people in this area, especially Lake Norman, are so friendly and so helpful. They typically will work with you and not against you, which I think is a win-win. Yeah, yeah. We, we have a good group of realtors up here, and they all get along pretty well. So we're very fortunate. So where did where'd you actually grow up? Where, where did Bill Gallagher come from? Well, thank you for asking. Thank you for that question. I was born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. Born at the old Charlotte a Memorial Hospital on Blytheville. He's, old, he's a unicorn. You know, they from Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, yeah. Grew up, born and raised in Charlotte and therefore went to Raymer Road in Cotswold for elementary, Randolph Middle School, and then West Charlotte mm-hmm. High School, and then went to Wake Forest in 1980 and graduated in 83. So when you say, you know, are you from the Charlotte area? The answer is what? Yeah. We say we're a native Charlottean. And they mm-hmm. say, well, where'd you go to school? They always say, where'd you go to yeah. school? And they mean high school. Mm-hmm. They don't mean college. Now, when you're in an other areas of state, they'll say, where'd you go to college? But right. around here, when they say, where'd you go to school? Where'd you go to school? Is it Hopewell or Huff? You know, now, wait a minute. You now, now, you know, I spent a lot of time down in Charlotte when I was younger. You don't remember the treehouse or any of those establishments that um, we used to frequent. What about the cellar? Uh, long time, uh, yeah, barely remember the cellar in uh-huh. downtown and the elevator. Yeah. The elevator, and then also, it's interesting, in those days, Charlotte was small. Oh, yeah. There was no nightlife. <laughs> nothing, nothing to do. Nothing, nothing to, to do, do at all, and that mm-hmm. was a big deal. You did go to Eastland Mall and ice skate. Absolutely. That was where people loved to ice yeah. skate, Eastland Mall. And everyone says, why is there an ice skating rink at the bottom of Eastland Mall? To ice skate for teenagers and family and friends to go mm-hmm. and ice skate, have a good time. Yeah. That was the, you remember Eastland, Eastland oh, Mall? Absolutely. It was the yeah. place to go. Oh, yeah. Wasn't South Park. South Park was really not there at no, that time. No, that came later. And then Park Road Shopping Center has always been the bellwether of all shopping centers. Yeah. But Lake Norman, let me tell you, I remember when Exit 25 did not even exist. You remember oh, those yeah. days? Well, I came just after. Oh. I came right after the lake. Okay. And, uh, yeah, man, it is. Uh, you know, back in the day, though, if you went out in Charlotte, you couldn't tell people you were from Morris, or they wouldn't talk to you because mm. it was such a country place. Boy, sure has changed now. Yeah. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. I but know. And you so, gotta... so, you, so you worked your way up, and you became a big. You got the training. So wh- how, what about teaching? How, when did you start actually teaching CE classes? Well, the interesting part was I joined the education committee at the Charlotte Regional Realtors Association Education as a member of the committee, and that's who provided education for different mm. like uh, uh, power breakfasts and seminars and workshops. So I got to see inside the committee how, what kind of seminars they put on, how they went about it, how they organized it. And then um, I was asked to chair the education committee for two years. And then Gary Taylor, who was at the Mingle School, said, well, why don't you teach ethics at the monthly orientation program for new members? Mm-hmm. Well, that gave me an hour and a half to practice and prep for ethics, which is the code of ethics to present right. that. So that gave me a lot of experience. And Gary Taylor then said, well, why don't you teach pre-licensing for me? Why don't you teach for me on seven straight Saturdays? <laughs> Back then, he took them seven Saturdays. So I taught Saturday pre-licensing. Mm-hmm. Why don't you teach for me on Monday and Wednesday night pre-licensing, Monday and Wednesday night and Saturdays? 
well, you know, I have a full-time job, you know, hauling mm-hmm. a hope and driving and showing, <laughs> then I guess I can, so I did. So I will tell you, it's amazing how you're led, how I was led to the real estate business, led to education, led to the Board of Realtors, just, just I kind of feel, you know, led mm-hmm. in this business, and it kind of led me down the right path. And somewhere along there, you, you realize that you could actually teach. It had to hit you, man. It, well, this is fun. It's all about this how you can command a room. And I've already watched this guy talk to about 40 people with everybody silent listening to him, mm. laughing, having a good time. So, oh, yeah. you know, this guy can command a room. If you guys have never been in a, a seminar with him, I highly suggest it after the five minutes that I watched him. Oh, yeah, it's incredible, man. Uh, well, you've got to remember in education today, they do not want to be bored. Mm-hmm. They want the class to fly by fast. Mm-hmm. They want uh, engagement to participate and to learn something and not be bored. That is what I hear. If they're engaged and entertained and educated, they're a thumbs up. It's a thumbs mm-hmm. up. You just but, hit all my buzzwords. That's perfect. Well, you know, it kind of goes back to when you have a room of different age ranges, which real estate is all age ranges, mm-hmm. all different types of learning styles. And you've got to touch on all the learning styles. And that's a area that I try to always improve on. And usually I can feel the pulse of a class by asking a question, oh, by the way, if you will, say good morning to somebody around you and ask them how they're doing. Mm -hmm. That tells me immediately if they're in a good mood. If they're not talking, not shaking any hands, they are in a bad mood, I know, (laughs) "Mm -hmm, okay. But I'll tell you, a lot of times people want that icebreaker Mm-hmm. Are y'all with? It? And also, I try to lead in with a question that relates to real estate, like, "Oh, by the way, um, we've had the Dodd Frank law for several years now, where we don't use a HUD one, but we use a BCD and an SCD, like a borrower closing disclosure and a seller closing disclosure. And how do you feel? How do you feel about two separate CDs, one for the buyer and one for the seller, mm-hmm. for confidentiality to be protected, versus the old HUD?" That HUD one settlement statement, front mm-hmm. and back, buyer and seller, debit and credit, and you at 98% of them will say, bring the HUD back, bring it back. You know, I got to be honest with you. I actually was going over a HUD, the yeah. old HUD, the, the old other day HUD. in the closing, mm-hmm. and I got mixed up. I got confused. I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot how to do it with the old one. And don't forget oh, cash. As oh, a lawyer, yeah. you can still use old HUD oh, for yeah, cash, mm-hmm. for owner financing, mm-hmm. as well as maybe a loan assumption if you ever did one. But cash is king, mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of people don't realize. The number of cash buyers last year and this year, cash, no lender, no loan, no appraisal, no credit report was huge. Things hmm. are changing. So you kind of get them in, you, you open an icebreaker, and you kind of pull them in and get them into mm-hmm. the class, and then... And just feel the pulse. I think feel the pulse and listen to what they're saying. Because if they're knowledgeable and they're saying something that's profound, that's spot on, okay, thumbs up. But if like, I don't list and sell. I just dial for dollars. I have a broker's license to give leads and earn referral fees. I don't want to know about a HUD. I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. You'll have some say, I'm a referral status only. Mm-hmm. But then you'll have some, I really want to understand this business. They want to learn. They want to learn and to be fully educated, informed. You've got to really know the whole gamut because somebody could oh, say, yeah. hey, you know, what do you think about this? Or who pays the real property taxes? Who pays personal? Who pays transfer fee? We always get those questions from everybody. Who pays what? Right, right. And if you've got that ingrained in your brain or visually, you know, on the form, is it a debit or credit buyer? So that will really help. Oh, absolutely. And uh, so you, you realize you had a knack for the teaching. 
and so at some point you spun off and opened up your own company and that was was it opened up as superior we opened up in 2003 as united school of real estate okay. united and we chose that name because we thought united states United Education, United Front, but then we found that several firms were called United, Remax United and Raleigh, Durham and Cary, mm -hmm. also Realty World United. Mm -hmm. And we thought, okay, the goal was not to be associated or affiliated with a firm mm -hmm. because they would say, oh, well, that's United School. They are with that firm. All of, If I refer someone to that school, they'll recruit them to this firm. Right. My goal was to be solely independent, not Mm -hmm. associated with a firm per se. Now, firms can come in and bring ben, luncheons. Ben and I talk about this all the time. It's a struggle that we have because we want to help as many real estate firms as possible. And so we can't show support to one. We just try and show support to all of them. And it, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. That yeah, is stay so somewhat independent. Well, you know, as with your reputation is so stellar as you've treated everyone so fairly over the years, the brokers and the buyers and the sellers, they feel good when they leave. And I think that's probably one of your forte, your strengths. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a win-win. Mm -hmm. They got to be happy before they walk yeah. out that door. If they're unhappy and you can feel it and see it, you've yeah. got to have a little power and say, let them hey, leave. hey let's have a seat. Let's talk about yeah. this morning. Let's have a cup of coffee. If they're happy with everybody when they walk out, they refer to everybody. And that's the secret. That's the name of the game for mm -hmm. sure. And I know you've been doing law how many years? You've been doing settlements and closings? Ooh, 30, over 30 you're 31. Now, I was man. just looking at your bio. I think you're 31, oh, closing in on 32. Oh, yeah, that starts And where'd hurt. you go to undergrad in law school? <laughs> well, I didn't really go to law school. I just told everybody I went to law school. Okay, no. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm living proof anybody can be a lawyer from LSU. LSU, so, yeah, all right. Louisiana, but my family moved here in, in the uh, 70s, so this became home away from home, so to speak. So I've gotten to see the changes. But now tell me about this. When you, you built this business and then you sold it. Ben's trying to sell, I guess, is what no, we're trying to do. No, I'm not to. trying to. No, no, don't start that rumor. No, I'm going to be doing this as long as they'll let me. So, so, Bill, how much did you make when you sold it? That's the question everybody really wants to well, answer. Well, you know, that's so true. And the reason why I share that with you that sometimes we do or don't is it so depends upon the market. Mm -hmm. And think about this, 2003 to 2007, the mm -hmm. time was booming because sales were great, mm -hmm. new home sales were great, and then a lot of agents coming into the business. Ring the bell, come to school. Well, then when the market turned, as you know, in 2008, mm -hmm. 2009, 2010, oh, 2011, mm -hmm. 2012, mm -hmm. rough and tough in 2013, it started going back up. People say, well, oh, by the way, uh, nobody's coming into the business because the market is so bad. Well, the market is bad because the economy's not doing well. They lose their jobs. They're outsized or downsized. they got to have another career. So why not real estate? Let me go to school and get the license. If I just get it, I always have that option. So real estate schools are basically a great investment because they're, they're resilient against a yeah. downturn. During right. a good day, everybody needs houses. Everybody needs a license. And or they want a career adjustment. And real estate is probably the least expensive career to go into considering the courses, mm -hmm. the cost, and the, the, co the overhead. Like I had one lady say to me this, um, how many hours is the pre-class? What, 75 hours? How many license, post-licensing is 90 hours? So add the two together, 165 hours, uh, which would be full, a full mm -hmm. broker. And she said, well, I might want to go uh, be a hairdresser to cut curling color hair. 
I said, well, you share with me how many hours is beauty school in the state of North Carolina? 1,500 hours, I knew ben. it was something crazy. 1,500 right? hours to go to beauty school. Mm-hmm. All right, real estate is, what, 165? If they're going to work on me, it's going to be a lot more than 1,500 mm-hmm. hours, mm-hmm. I can tell you that. And then you got to pay for beauty school, which is about fifteen to $20,000 for beauty school. Mm-hmm. Where your course in real estate is what maybe five hundred for pre you and should have jacked you know, them prices up. You could have charged a whole lot more. Oh, <laughs> to get in this business is really cost effective yeah. and a low investment. And you know, people and low are time. willing to put in the time and the mm-hmm. education, like you were talking about earlier. They can make a good living in real estate. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Or they could build up their own real estate training school and sell it mm-hmm. and get sold with it. That's kind of interesting. Well, that's true, too. You know, hello, you want to buy me? Yeah. And what well, you guys do is just be, open-minded. just be open-minded because you never know who's going to come along at whatever time. So, Are your plans to continue to teach uh, with Superior? Or what, what do well, you, you know, I'm under a contract till June 2020, so mm-hmm. we'll see then, you know, TBD to be determined. I could right. keep on rocking along, traveling and training. Um, they could say thank you very much. I could say thank you and kumbaya, or we well, just we keep on going. Tired, so. We hope you keep doing it. Because well, you know, having done this so long, you know, yeah. it's, it's fun, it's great, I love it, like it. But the question comes back to when you look at how much tax you pay mm. as a business mm-hmm. as well as individual and look at the after-tax net. That's what my CPA, George Watson, and Huntersville has said. All right, let's look at the after-tax tax bite the net after taxes federal tax and state tax and mm-hmm. well you know owning a business how oh, much sure. tax you have and then everybody says should i be an s corp or a c corp or partnership mm-hmm. or llc mm-hmm. they ask the cpa their advice what entity should i go for depends upon your tax situation then they come to you as a lawyer mm-hmm. to incorporate them s corp c corp partnership llc and you give your legal advice as a shield mm-hmm. to protect people as well as for taxes too so i will say in terms of business today when you start a business have a plan to be able to sell the business. You got to start mm-hmm. and you got a plan to exit. Say it all the time. And all the time. All the time. And everybody talks about this. Why don't you have a business broker help you initially get your business set up in terms of revenue, income, expenses, and a budget? Mm-hmm. And they will look at, and just FYI, they, these business brokers and investors look at your EBITDA, E. Mm-hmm. B-I-T-D-A. So if, when y'all are listening to this podcast, everybody, it's your EBITDA. All what is your you monthly people, EBITDA? EBITDA? What is your EBITDA? <laughs> what is your monthly EBITDA? What's your quarterly EBITDA? What's mm-hmm. your yearly EBITDA? Which stands for E for earnings, mm-hmm. which makes sense, earnings. B is before. I is interest. Oh, but earnings before interest. T is taxes, depreciation, amortization. Mm-hmm. You, my CPA is saying, what is your net after all the taxes paid? Well, what these business brokers do is, what is your EBITDA? Earnings before depreciation, interest, mm-hmm. taxes, and uh, amortization. And that really is your true figure. It used to be back in the 80s they, or, or 90s, they paid you three times revenue, mm-hmm. four times revenue, well, revenue is not a good not good judge. No. Expenses is your best gauge, but then your profit is also a good gauge. But you can skew the profit based upon mm-hmm. your salary and your compensation. So if you were really... I just went through this a, a year ago. Really? And I, I, I sold my business about a year. What and kind I'm, of business were you in? A fitness facility. Oh. And so we went through all of this stuff with looking at how do you want to value the business? Mm. Is it going to be profit? Is it going to be revenue? Is it going to be expenses? And, you know, the EBITDA, honestly, is what we ended up really? looking at. Yeah. 
amazing. Well, was even your EBITDA, in fitness, was your EBITDA good when you went well, to sell, Bill? Well, that... guess what? I was told. I was told to have a third-party CPA firm to do a business valuation mm -hmm. on the school. So when you go to negotiate somebody, it's not, I feel it's worth this, or let's just PFA pull from air. No, it took two and a half months for Elliot Davis on Moorhead Street to do a business valuation on the school. What took so long is they had to find comparables, comparable yeah. schools, mm. comparable business. And there's no comparable the Bill Gallagher. That's, thank you for being special. <laughs> You're special on that one, special comment. But think about it. Schools in North Carolina that are private, you know, trying to match the revenue is really hard, and they so, had to go to other businesses other types of education mm -hmm. which i think they did and they valued it you know based upon the ebitda and this was their estimate valuation and it was worth every penny because when the buyer came along and said basically bottom line you know how are we going to value your business well here's a third party mm -hmm. yeah. valuation and they look at it and they said okay well thank you, you know, i don't think we're going to get a number out of him is what he sold it <laughs> well, for but you I, know, if I could it just, was, we were all watching all the realtors know, were watching he's under contract yeah, everybody was worried they were going to lose you when you sold oh, that yeah, i'm glad know, that didn't happen i know everybody we'll says well did you win that lexus yes i did <laughs> now that was that's what that's what people talking about in 2007 my cpa said to buy a vehicle cpa buy a vehicle over 6,000 pounds gross weight. I don't care what you buy, but make sure it's over 6,000 pounds for accelerated depreciation. It's called Section 179 of the IRS Code. So a business vehicle over 6,000 pounds gross weight is accelerated depreciation. So I bought a Lexus at December 2007 from Hendricks Lexus on Independence, over 6,000 pounds for you know taxes. Well, guess what? December 31, George Stevens calls from Hendricks Lexus on December 31. Happy New Year to you and your family. And why did you not tell me you were realtor of the year for Charlotte 96? Well, I didn't think I you know, need to. <laughs> I'm just on your school, your school website, you're realtor of the year. Don't you realize that Lexus has a partnership with the Charlotte Regional Realtor Association? If a realtor buys a Lexus through Hendricks, we put all their names in a hat and draw a name out at the oh, January gosh. Realtor Dinner and pay their Lexus off in full. <laughs> so your odds are one out of 62. So come to the Realtor Dinner on North Davidson Street. We're going to pull the name out. Your Lexus will be paid off in full, whoever's name is pulled out. Mine was pulled out. My Lexus was paid in full. Oh, That's no. Awesome. Did that mess up your depreciation? Yeah. Oh, it, <laughs> it screwed up his EBITDA. My EBITDA is all messed up, oh, and man. I'm just in shock when they pulled out my name. And I remember that uh, Alan Tate came by and said, mm. now you need to buy something else. Buy something else. No, I do not mm. need to buy anything <laughs> else. Another friend came by and said, do you understand what you won? I said, yeah. yeah it's yeah, my it's car right there. I had not even made one payment on it because I hadn't made a payment that. yet. And somebody else came by and says, well, you know it's going to be taxable. You know it's taxable. Well, it was a tax advantage last year. It's taxable this year, so this might be kind of a wash. But you're right. It's amazing how people react to success when you win something. It's mm. amazing how people react. So hopefully they'll cheer me on because hopefully I help them and they help me. It's kind of a win-win. Like in your business, too. In law, it's a win-win. You know, you've got to have referrals from your past oh, clients yeah, and customers absolutely. and agents and brokers we, and real estate education. If they have a fabulous the class, thing. they yeah. thumbs up. Oh, happy day. Fabulous. Mm, that's right. So you got to keep them happy, and that's why you go back to customer service. It's all about it. And that's it? what I worry about in America today. When you think about good customer service, mm -hmm. did you receive it from this organization? Yes, no, or maybe. And you're asked to do those customer service surveys. Right. 
And sometimes, you know, they did a great job, and sometimes it's that one person that had the yeah, issue. Can, yeah. you got to work on it. So win-win. So, yeah. you got to improve. What are, what are the biggest complaints, do you think, that people uh, make against realtors out there? Well, what happens is uh, no communication or lack of communication. Mm-hmm. I signed a listing agreement with my agent, and they listed me and left me. I haven't heard from them in a week or two really or a buyer says i signed a written buyer agreement and hadn't heard from my buyer one time or why do i have to call my agent every time why can't my broker call me i hear that more and more Mm -hmm. they've got to call their broker rather than the broker call them so communication or ineffective communication or lack of communication do you think Mm -hmm. this is laziness or are they overworked or they just don't know the customer service expectations Mm. i think that needs to be the number one topic at the beginning of any listing presentation or buyer is my expectations of you your expectations Mm -hmm. of me you need to have a really meeting of the minds on expectations because mm-hmm. if you don't, the sellers think the house will be shown every hour on the hour next day, yeah. or they're going to sell the house in two days, or if the average DOM days on market in the area is 30 days. Mm-hmm. They 31, think, uh, they're calling. 31, they're calling you. Why is it not sold? Or they call after showings. Call this agent, see what the buyer thought about my house. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, those agents that have made comments that were very spot on, mm-hmm. Very uh, helpful to very other helpful. agents. Very helpful. Guess what? The listing agent argues with them, calls them back and argues. I can't believe you said that about my listing. Well, you have got to have an attitude of you need to listen mm-hmm. and do not be defensive or argumentative. And I know yesterday I called three banks to find a high-yielding CD for like you know, 12 months or 36 months or five years. Very interesting to call the banks to ask what their CD rates are. Some were the telephone was answered by a Push one, four, push two, push so, three. Okay. Do you like the person answering the phone or do you like a push one, two, or three? What do you think is the best? Well, basically, bottom line is I, I like the person answering the phone. Oh. I tell them. Well, it looks like we're doing the right thing then, Ben. <laughs> yeah, we, we have that debate <laughs> all the time. We oh, just yeah. switched it. We just Absolutely. switched it back. I'm so glad. And if they just listen to me and match with the right person, like you call for a hotel reservation where I travel and train, it's real interesting. You call it to make a hotel reservation. You say they answer the phone. In their customer service, hotel reservation, yeah, my name is William Gallagher. I want to make a reservation for one night for one adult. For how many adults and children? One adult. Still one. Still one. <laughs> Where? Okay, let's say Greensboro on Big Tree. I'm repeating all the stuff, mm-hmm. which is okay, but the question goes back. He's, it was just re- repetitious, repetitious. Right. And then before we hang up, let me repeat and make sure I have your reservation correct. And I thought, well, you could text me or email me and if it's wrong i can email you back but no they want to go through it do you have a pen to write with i'm driving the car i do not have a pen to write with and by law i can't text so just shoot it to me shoot it to me you know that's uh it's it's the same in the it's the same in uh legal business the biggest complaint against lawyers is lack of communication Mm. you know that's the biggest complaint you you just got to get back to people and you know you're collecting a lot of information and you hate to ask people twice, and it, ups, it upsets people when you ask for the same thing twice. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. So you got to watch that stuff. So, so uh, you probably get a few questions from realtors along the way. 
don't you? Oh, yes. Do you have like the Bill Gallagher top 10 or do, what's what's that question that you get pretty regularly? That, oh, okay. The who's question. the best lawyer in Mooresville? Uh, who's the yeah, best yeah, yeah. lawyer in the law in Mooresville? My personal injury. Okay. Or litigation or divorce. He's the best real estate lawyer. You get that a lot. I will say what you will get a lot of times when the questions from agents is this, who's the best lender? Mm. Really? Oh, this is it. Who is really? the best lender, but more specifically, who is the best loan officer at Lake Norman? Mm. That's who they want to know, hmm. the best uh, loan mm. officer. But now the question's moved into who's the best loan officer, and the next question is where is the underwriter located at this bank? Are they in Fort Mill? Are they in Rock Hill? Are they in Texas? Where is the underwriter? Because the underwriter gives the final approval, right. and they're the ones that can challenge an appraiser or an appraisal. Now, that's shocking because the underwriter is not an appraiser, but they can challenge the appraisal done on the mm. property by the comps. And then the question is, too, if they're a local yokel underwriter, they'll know where Cornelius is and Troutman is. Mm. And, however, Fuqua Varina is in southern Wake County, not France. Mm. We had <laughs> one underwriter in Texas to say, oh, where is Fuquay, France? No, it's Quake mm, County, Fuquay, Verena. Where's Matthews? Where's Men Hill? Where's Pineville? I mean, if you're not a local yokel, you don't know where I mean, these are. There's a thing are. called Google, and there's a map that I probably would make it a little there easier for you. There you go, too. So I get this all the time. Besides, who's a good lawyer? <laughs> we get who is a good loan officer, and also where is their underwriter located, the best bank. Hmm. We say best bank, that's okay, but typically they want to know the loan officer. And then who is the best home inspector in the area? Because either they had the home inspector kills the deal, mm-hmm. or the home inspector kept the deal together, and writing an inspection report in a three-ring binder notebook with 35 pages of info with tabs and photos. See, the neighbors have talked in the middle of the cul-de-sac. Let me tell you what happened to me uh, with my home inspector. Oh, let me tell you what happened to me. It's a gossip grapevine <laughs> in the cul-de-sac. And you know what that goes back to? Service. If you think about each of those individuals involved in the transaction providing service to them, mm-hmm. service, and mm-hmm. that's why the best of the best are the ones that always service the client and go beyond the call of duty and mm-hmm. like you i'm sure you answer calls morning moon, m- morning noon and night well i try to you, you know try. sometimes it's a lot better to answer those way before the closing than trying to answer them during the closing so i always encourage people to text me and ask those questions early on i know you get those all the time in fact we're going to give out your text number and just a little your bit text number. Yeah, cell they, number they can cell text number. me at any time yeah on demand. Text, text, text. you know what is interesting i communicate more effectively with text uh, quicker and faster if i'm driving to greensboro for two hours oh, yeah. text you can't text back but i can call back Mm-hmm. I can read the text, whereas I can't read the emails. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ben. I mean, Ben oh, only do. talks to text and writes emails and all that. And you'll see him sitting in his office, feet up on the oh, desk. And, okay. Hey, uh, you know, just I'm I'm speaking into my phone. Just want to answer this. Blah 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 blah. And that's I mean, all day long. But that yeah, way he gets the communication. How much faster text yeah, is it's now? It's communication quickly. In fact, we're looking at a system right where we send yeah, out got, text. I'm to, got a meeting tomorrow. To uh, to keep keep uh, buyers and sellers and agents uh, mm. up to date on what's happening with the files. So we're mm-hmm. working on that. But, yeah. you know, it's about That's communication. Exciting. you got to keep it going. Well, I'm glad to hear y'all are evaluating communication methods. What's most efficient, mm-hmm. most effective in today's world? Other than that, any other questions that you get pretty regularly about, you know, the real estate transaction process from, from different realtors? 
I know a lot of times I hear you say, go read the contract. And I, I see a lot of that, too, where it's really in the contract, but people just aren't really looking at it close enough or, or um, paying enough attention. What's in Well, there. one of the stickiest issues, as you know, here at Lake Norman, are condos and townhomes and HOAs could have special assessments either pending mm. or confirmed. And the big question is who pays for a pending assessment mm -hmm. versus who pays for a confirmed assessment as per the offered purchase from let's say nc realtors and that's where they all say what's the contract say what's contract right. say go back and look at the contract because it's, it's very clear yeah and then the question is like um, excise tax yeah a lot of builder contracts say oh, yeah. the buyer pays the excise tax the nc realtor contract says the seller pays mm -hmm. and then i says well my state exam the seller paid it i thought that was the law no, Ben knows the law. Mm -hmm. The law says the payment of the tax is proof on the deed. However, right. anybody can pay yeah. excise tax. The seller don't right. have to pay it by law. So <clears throat> I'm sure you've seen that over the years where a lot of people oh, are adamant. Yeah. yeah, in fact, if you've got a contract from a builder, you can almost guarantee that they've got in there that the buyer is going to mm -hmm. pay the ta excise tax and other things. Oh, you got to watch that. Huge. And that catches That's a lot huge. of people off guard. And it the does. other issue, you know, just to keep this in mind, too, are the proration of the taxes. Mm -hmm. That is very confusing because most contracts say real property tax proration based on a calendar year basis. That's right. However, the taxes we all know for fiscal year mm -hmm. is July 1 to the mm -hmm. next June 30th. Right. We get that question it, a lot. Do you, I wonder about the, that. All the time. You know? Calendar versus yeah. fiscal. Why and, do y'all do no calendar? there's no really good answer to it except that. Every contract, typically, North Carolina contract, standard form, mm -hmm. is prorated based on an annual basis. So next time you buy, you're going to be prorated on an annual basis, even though the tax offices, as you mentioned, have different fiscal years, July to July. But, yeah, we get that one occasionally, and it's, yeah, mm. that's a tough one. Yeah. So, Bill, we like to usually end the show with kind of a, a what-if scenario. You know, what if, what do you predict in the next five, ten years of what the real estate market in, in the Charlotte and Lake Norman area, what do you predict is going to happen down the road? Well, you know, when you say prediction, my crystal ball is as clear as everybody's crystal ball. <laughs> you know, when you think about what's going to happen, I think probably you got to keep in mind with Charlotte and Lake Norman, we're the last to get hit and the first to recover. So a lot of people will say that is a really interesting part because everybody said, well, the entire real estate market is bad in America. Don't say that. It's location, location. It's state by state. Mm -hmm. And typically, Charlotte Lake Norman is the last to get hit and the mm -hmm. first to recover. Which then also, you take a look at, when you look at the market, the short-term interest rates increased a couple weeks ago above the long-term called an inverted yield curve. And this is very, very important that people don't realize. So when they say inverted yield curve, mm -hmm. that means the short-term rates have increased higher and the long-term rates have decreased. That's backwards. That's backwards mm -hmm. traditionally. So where the short-term rates are high, long-term rates are low, that's inverted, which typically means to most economists, and forecasters is expect a recession or slowdown within 17 to 20 months after the inverted yield curve. Hmm. So if you think about it, if it occurred in March of 2019, okay, you go a year out, that's March 2020, and let's June, just say July. another seven months, you're looking at maybe 10 November, October, hmm. November, December. Oh, okay. Uh, January of 2021. 
Ooh, okay, that's end of 2020, first of 2021. Inverted yield curve says, watch out. And then everybody's looking at the history of when the president is elected. I was going to say, States. that's election, isn't it? Oh, election year yeah. 2020. Mm -hmm. And some people have looked at the historical graphs, mm -hmm. and it shows in most years the year before a president is elected, thumbs up. It's a good market. Everyone's trying to buy before something happens. Yeah. Everything mm -hmm. by trying to buy before something happens. And also, too, uh, what the question is, too, if it's a good market, most economists say government has tried to do their best to make everybody look good to get reelected. Mm. They're going to try their best to make sure those mm -hmm. employment stats are low, inflation is low, the rates are low. But after that president's elected, you watch out. It's interesting to see what happens the month or two months after that. So if you look at the inverted yield curve, said maybe – November, December of mm -hmm. 2020 and January, then you got the presidential election coming. Mm -hmm. Then, not, not a matter who gets elected necessarily, but just the election. But then the next question, some people say, who gets elected is going to be a big deal mm -hmm. in terms mm -hmm. of economic policies. Right. Are y'all with me as well as the yeah. economy? It's so, hard for us to even believe that we would slow down. I know. This, this market is just incredible. Pin up demand. And you yeah. know the challenge has been, just to let you know the forecast, is our resale inventory has been very low. Mm -hmm. Low resale inventory. Yeah. And people say this in Charlotte, no, what if I had something to sell, I'll make more sales. Right. If you had something to sell, well, you know, I, mm, I've, I've mentioned this before on, on this podcast, but I'm seeing something I've never seen in 30 years, and that's all these sellers coming in and selling, but not buying right away. They're going right, to rent thank something. You. Say that one more time. The sellers are selling, right. but they're not moving away. And they're not buying. They're Where renting. are they going? They're Reading. renting. An apartment, rental yeah, house, just renting. until they find uh, find something they want. So these are these are sellers ready to buy mm -hmm. with money in their pocket, just waiting for the right property. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen that before in my 30 years, and I see it a lot. It's amazing. So you talk about pinned up purchases, they're out there. So it's hard for me to believe that we're going to see the slowdown that everybody's talking about in the rest of the country because they are still coming like crazy from everywhere. So we shall see the Bill yes. Gallagher crystal ball. Uh, no, you can't we'll, go 10 years. You might go, what, two to three. <laughs> you got to take little baby steps, little baby, baby steps, steps, baby steps, right. baby steps. Well, Bill, we definitely appreciate you being on our podcast. We went a little longer than normal, but I think we had a little more of a celebrity guest oh, than we usually have. Your I, teacher's see, I'm, I'm just yeah. trying to win you over. You know how to win me over. You know how to brown nose. <laughs> hey, you know how to Bill, talk. now all those realtors out there that haven't gotten their uh, BIC up and their up class, what, what, I mean, we got to hurry, right? I know. June 10th is the deadline. June, June 10th for BIC up. Jen up SuperiorSchool.com? Uh, SuperiorSchoolNC.com. SuperiorSchoolNC.com. Not Inc., but mm. NC. We did that because of the Google searches. Mm. So if you Google Real Estate School NC, we should come up higher on SEO, search engine optimization, because NC and our website address See, and NC and the Google my search, heart. you kind Just of love click, 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 so we can hire a search engine organically. So I can't take credit for that. I believe a young millennial <laughs> taught me that a couple of years ago. So listen to people around you. They will help you. They'll oh, lead you. They'll young, guide those you. Young millennials can teach yeah. us a lot. Well, look, all you people out there, all you realtors that haven't had your classes yet, find Bill Gallagher and have fun. Well, well laugh learn. and learn yeah. and oh, listen. Yeah. If you need a lawyer, know the law, know the law, know the law. It's called Ben Thomas. Oh, Absolutely. There you go, Bill. Thank Get you. Get the law. Lawyer Ben. Awesome. We'll see you guys next time on Welcome Home Lake Norman Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Welcome Home Lake Norman Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, 
please give us a review and comment below and let us know what you thought of it. Also, make sure to share this with your friends, family, or anyone else that you think could benefit from listening to our podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you guys next time.